It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional. I'm Jonathan Malone, and I'm here doing all business, no pleasure, with Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. It is a pleasure to be here with Jonathan Malone, the pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. I see what you did there. Hooray. I have no pleasure. This is all business for me. It's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry to just find that out after we've pressed record. Can you just soldier on for one more and then we'll debrief after? <laughs> if you please. I didn't go into ministry for fun, Charlie. Oh, well, of course you did. I went into it for two things. Mm-hmm. One is love of Jesus, and oh. the other is the rock star lifestyle. Oh, please. I was going to say, if he doesn't say rock star lifestyle next, I'm hanging up my headphones. <laughs> Obviously. See, I went into it for love of Jesus and money, of course. That's, yeah. I added, because, you know, the fast cars, and I'm not going to say anything else because I'll just get into trouble, right. parts of the rock star lifestyle. Okay. So I guess that does kind of encapsulate it. I'm just pure mammon for me. Yeah. Well, that's um, all right. That's all right. Is it, we- though? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we... Um, how are things going at Pilgrim Congregational Church? Hey, they're grand. They're wonderful. We are... Um, let's see. What's, what's the hot topic right now? That's a store. We, it was. Is it still? We worship inside and outside. We noticed it was getting a bit nippy last yeah. week, yeah. Uh, but we're still doing two services. And I just hey. have to say, on a personal level, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying... Knowing nice. what my uh, what my priestly brothers who have to do multiple masses on Saturday yeah. and Sunday go through, I'm I'm enjoying the ten and the and the eleven thirty oh, service good. orders. It's been uh, gratifying, and and I like that it, in the sermon you can f- shift focus a little bit and mm-hmm. and tease out other aspects of the scripture that you might not have gotten to in the first sermon. Oh, that's anyway, great! It's been fun. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm able to do a different message at each one, and, and I'm just, it's one of those kind of personal pride moments where you recognize you can do it, and people are still coming, which is wonderful. Fantastic. Um, and uh, let's see, oh, pumpkin carving coming October 25th in terms <gasps> oh. of our community-facing events. Bring your own blanket, bring your own com- right. pumpkin, we'll socially distance and carve them up and get them ready for Halloween. Will you be providing carving knives, or do they need to bring those as no, well? No, please bring everything. Bring oh, all bring the, everything. Uh, all the uh, things. Bring all bring the things. All the things for the pumpkin carving. Be a carving. self-contained pumpkin carving unit, but but bring your heart to join the circle of pumpkin carvers. Right. Do you put up splash guards? Because every time I pump, I carve pumpkins, there's just like the pumpkin innards and seeds. It's just all over the place. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or something, but do you, do you, do you still start everything with a hammer, Jonathan? I do. I thought that's See, the right way to carve a pumpkin. Yeah, no, no, no. No, carving implies cutting and that's oh. usually done with a sharper edge rather than a blunt object but i i understand okay so i, I understand. guess everyone's doing it wrong but me and are all your pumpkins nail shaped is that also no no but they i oh. mean they all look the eyes all are just look like blunt force trauma yeah wow <laughs> and trigger warning Okay. So yeah, how's things going at East Greenwich? <laughs> things are things are going well. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be away next week on spiritual renewal. It, it, it's clear oh, that I need it. Dare you? I know. <laughs> yes. No. Please hurry. Quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so this upcoming Sunday, the Reverend Nancy Forrester will be preaching. Yeah. And um, we're also doing we're not doing pumpkin carving at East Greenwich First Baptist. We're a more peaceful people, more genteel. We're doing pumpkin painting. 
Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that nice? When are you doing that? So that's on Sunday on the 18th, and that's for kids of all ages. Please let our, our Christian Ed director know ahead of time so she can order enough pumpkins. Um, so we're going to provide pumpkins and paint. You provide the child. Uh, but that'll be dur- during the worship service. And as I said, Re- Reverend Nancy Forreston will be preaching, and she always does a fantastic job and brings a great word. So you'll be preaching and painting pumpkins. Yep. And then we're continuing right. to collect cereal. Please, people, start putting, keep putting your cereal aside. People are bringing it to church on mm. Sundays that are coming. And on October 31st, we will collect those and have a good time. A treat for a treat, we're calling it. No tricks, just treat for treat. Huzzah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Go. There. Do yeah. that. Right? You know, it's good to be involved socially. Right, Charlie? It is. To have yeah. these social I, interactions. I love social networking and social, social yeah. media and social... Well, that's the yeah. gospel truth right there, isn't it? Oh, look, you did it. For the people who don't know, you just did it. That I was did gift. It. That was pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. For you, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you another joke I did recently? Well, why not? Uh, why not? Because why, I'm not going you know, we, anywhere. We had a good segue, and now I'm going to kill it with just this. We were playing telestrations online with my family, uh, and you're always okay. waiting for one person to finish their drawing so you can move on. And mm-hmm. I have decided that next time I'm going to make my screen name Godot and take as long as I need to. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Will most of your family get that right away? Um, probably my uh, eight-year-old nephew won't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Sure. But I'll send him a copy of the play and ask him to read it. I feel that's very important. Yeah. I mean, eight is about the right age to be reading Beckett, I think. Well, to start. To yeah. start. And then you return to it later, like Star yeah. Wars. You know, watch it That's then right. and then watch it, it, it again. Yeah, it ages well. Speaking of Beckett, mm-hmm. Walter Rauschenbusch. That's the man of the hour, isn't it? Or yeah. the man of the half hour, we hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> I've got other things I've got to do. <laughs> we have been, we've been on this wonderful kick um, in the last couple of episodes of reading uh, prayers by Walter Rauschenbusch at the end of our, our time, and it's been really nice. Um, so Charlie and I thought, let's talk about Rauschenbusch and, and share a little bit about him. And then we can say we're, we're, we'll take a break from him for a bit. Yeah. So we, we just wanted to see if we couldn't have Walter Rauschenbusch's name spoken outside of an American Baptist Church's uh, general meeting um, for a change. Yeah, Since right? that's pretty much the only place that he gets mentioned lately. Uh, yeah. And that's a shame. It at least, really at least I think that's kind of the place where he mostly gets mentioned. But he had he had impact on on a lot of what you experience in worship. Um and and it's it, he's he's an important name for you to have in your in yeah, your theological is. toolkit. I think probably Niebuhr and uh Martin Luther King Jr. are probably the two most famous writers that reference him. But I think uh what is it? Somebody told me uh, Desmond Tutu has said something about the writings of Rauschenbusch as being important to him. So you know other theologians, he's kind of like, what's that thing? There's a band called Big Star, and they say everybody who heard Big Star started a band. And so mm. kind of many people who heard Rauschenbusch were influenced by him, but he's not always heard because at the same time he's writing uh, Jesus and the Social Gospel, uh, other authors are busy writing the fundamentals. Right. It would eventually become fundamentalism. And these two, these are, these are definitely... <laughs> I don't know, could, could two theological streams of thought be more kind of in their moment opposed to each other? Well, and, um, 
And Rauschenbusch kind of, he, he prefigures a little bit of that tension because uh, modernism yeah. then comes up and that, that really is the antithesis to mm-hmm. fundamentalism. But that's not what we're going to, that's not for today. No, please. That's a longer discussion. Holy cow, is it ever. Today we're uh, just going to talk about the poor pastor from Hell's Kitchen who yeah. tried so while, to change the world. Walter Rauschenbusch, 1861 to 1918. Them's the deets. Five years after the premiere of The Rite of Spring mm-hmm. is when he died. Indeed it is, for I those that care. Those, that's an important moment. That's a classical music reference. <laughs> yeah. None of the Beatles were born, so whatever. Right, right. There was a riot in the theater. That's an, mm-hmm. And the, the story is Stravinsky had to escape through the bathroom window, yep. which and influenced the, ba- the Beatles song, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Indeed. No, I and made that part up. The, the people were confused because they thought the piece was... Titled Riot of Spring. Riot of Spring. They thought they were following direct... Man, we are replete with dad jokes today. Yeah, because in the French, it's very similar. Le Sacre Mm. du Printemps. That's right. Um, So being born in in 1861, he's he's arriving right, you know, the crucible of the Civil War years, right? Yeah. So just missing... Yeah, so um, growing up during that time, I believe he was born um, in Rochester, so... Just missing mm-hmm. that, but really comes up during what would you would say like the, not the industrial revolution, but the beginning of that era of robber barons. Yeah. So you Figured have the big. Yeah. He's have, watching the he's watching the stratification of classes in a way that we don't. Well, was it never known before? Wasn't it always that way? But it's mm. this is his yeah. edition of the problem where the the haves. The the one percent are are maybe the super one percent, and everybody else is just a, a serious, right. obvious have not. And, and Christianity at this time was in in America, anyways. This is very American focused. Um, was in a an interesting place because we had, we had made our way out of the the Civil War, and where there was a major division in pretty much every aspect of Christianity. Yeah. I think the Quakers were the only ones who avoided any kind of split or division. Because mm-hmm. um, they just wouldn't talk during their meetings. That was the only way they got out of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. You can you, you know. laugh. <laughs> um, and and part of so the part of the movements after this, there were still revival movements. There were still progressivism going on. A lot of those who were abolitionists were looking for their next cause to embrace, and they moved towards alcoholism, and yeah. the and the temperance movement started to rise. Which so much fun. It was a lot of fun. People running around with axes, chopping Smashing up barrels. Yeah, staying stone cold sober. <laughs> yeah, um, I. So that it was created going... attention. That darn temperance movement created such attention in life in the United States. Yeah. I'm neither for nor against it. Right. But anyway, it's complicated. And wow. Yeah, it had its place. I mean. Let's get into. We can do that another time as well. Sorry, yeah. I but also going on was this this rise of uh, um, you know the revivals. Revivals were still happening, but this kind of um, urban gospel that started to push uh, individual salvation and prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some similarities to the kind of prosperity gospel that we still run into today, which is heretical. Sure. And I say that without any humor at all. That's that's right. That's it her- it's heresy. Yeah. Jesus doesn't want you to have a thousand million. Billion, kajillion dollars. That's right. not that's not part of his plan, and anyone who's telling you that is a charlatan. Yeah. So, Sorry. so yeah. So Rauschenbusch is, is living in this time, and as you say, he studies at at uh, he goes to Rochester University. 
And he studies, I think he studies at Rochester Theological Seminary. That sounds right to me. Yeah. And then, and uh, as a pastor um, at German-speaking congregations for a bit, and including one in Hell's Kitchen, New York. Indeed. Started that one in 1886, the Second German Baptist Church. How about that? Wow. There, were, there was a first German Baptist church in Hell's Kitchen. He had to take the second. Just a reminder of how pervasive church life was back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and especially the immigrant communities were still coming in, <laughs> or were coming in, in in huge numbers, and they were. that's why it was a German Baptist church, because there were so many German Baptists coming. That now, why is it called Hell's Kitchen, Jonathan? That, I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? Oh, you bet I do. Oh, Hell's fantastic. Kitchen, um, It's some people call it Clinton as well. Um, it's on the west side of New York City, um, and it's generally bordered by 34th Street to the south and 59th Street to the north. And mm-hmm. it was just a place where poor uh, immigrants who were blue-collar uh, would come to the city, and this would be a place to, to stay. But not only those who arrived to work, but those who arrived who couldn't work. And so it just became a seething hole of just awfulness, rampant, high-stakes mm. homelessness, like people dying in the street, yeah. um, terrible poverty. It was just, if you if you were not wearing a uniform uh, or you didn't live there, you didn't go to Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Can't, can't overstate how just awful it was, and this is where Rauschenbusch is doing his day-to-day ministry. Yeah. This is this is what's shaping his view of what happens to the have-nots as opposed to the haves. Meanwhile, every day yeah. the newspapers are talking about this major corporation is ready to take over that one, and they're amassing hundreds of thousands of dollars, i.e. millions in today's mm-hmm. parlance. Um, so he's he's in this this just mess. Yeah, kind of. Hell's Kitchen was a place where he had a significant awakening, uh, and because he saw the suffering, he saw the poverty, and and he started to really think of the idea of the kingdom of God. And for for Rauschenbusch, the kingdom of God was not something that we just wait to happen. That we just as long as we're, you know, good with Jesus, we've got our pie in the sky when we die. Uh, in, he's a, you know, for Rauschen... Sounds great when you say it all in a row. row like I know, that. right? That's, you know, and then the line, line after that is, that's a lie. Um, mm-hmm. But but he's in the kingdom of God, we should be working to bring it into the here and now. And people are suffering here and now, and a p- huge part of the gospel, um, or the, I think the first line of, of uh, Christianity, the social gospel, is we have a social gospel. Um, it's not this, there could be, or some may see, it's... This is the gospel, no. is a social gospel, and we're called to take care of those who are suffering and hurting. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Social re- it, it, it directly, social responsibility is the only possible response in his theology yeah. to, to the gospel call. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and for Rauschenbusch, I, I, um, I got to talk to Dennis Johnson a bit about Rauschenbusch as well, and, oh, and I know that... Um, the book that that's really been great for you that I, I also encourage to live in God. Mm-hmm. That's Dennis Johnson's um, book that he edited. He brought together a lot of Rauschenbusch's um, prayers and such. Uh, I can't think of a better starting point to get people into Rauschenbusch. Yeah, it's very different from anything else you'd think of. It's a of. great gateway book to just get you. You know, there's plenty more to read after that. Yeah, because the source material it's it's is all quoted in the book. But his 
he gives you just enough, and and it's yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, Dennis really um, made he really imprinted on me the heart that Rauschenbusch had to be a pastor. That that's where he was mm. called first, and and most people remember him as a, a professor, an author, a scholar. Right. Well, it was an eleven-year pastor in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. If I if my dates are right, I think he was there. I know he started teaching at Rochester in 97, 1897. Mm-hmm. So that that means either ten or eleven years yeah. were at that Second German Baptist Church, and after that, I don't think he goes back to pastoring. No. I think he stays in teaching. Because what happens is his health starts to diminish in such a way that he can't be a pastor anymore. Right. So he had to make a different choice. And everyone knows that um, theology professors work a fraction of the amount that pastors do. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, send your email to... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure all the theology professors out there are going to rise up in one voice. Thumping the table with their fists. And then saying, ow, that hurts. That was more work than I'm used to. Oh, oh, the hits keep coming. Um, let's also honor, you know, people talk about the causes of his mm. death. It couldn't have been helped by the anti-German sentiment that was rising in 1917. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, things, things, were, things were rough. I mean, he died in 1918 in July, yeah. but I mean, the, the sentiment towards the German nation at that time because of the Great right. War, as we right. thought, the war to end all wars, yeah. as we thought, ha ha, wrong. Um, we, it, it may have given him that sense of persecution that helps us slide when we're, when we're already not feeling well, but yeah, too soon. Yeah. We lost him too soon. I would have loved to have read many more books by him, but anyway, he gave us, what he gave us was And continues to be influential. It, it is partially of its time and any, and you always need to remember that. So there'll be some, Mm -hmm. what we would now look at some sexism and, and I don't remember if you get squeamish with race or not. I don't remember. Honestly, it's been a long time yeah. since I read the the social gospel. I, I don't. And he's, I don't you know, know, he's a white male, so he's going to have. I don't remember noticing yeah. it, but I'm a white male, right. so I would automatically bury that stuff the way I do with Lovecraft, which is not right. Not right. Shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be canceling authors, but we we ought to honor yes. what's in the book. Um, well said. For our present day, you know. So he mm. still con- he continues well. to be influential, and and Charlie. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, what is it about Rauschenbusch that really speaks to you? Well, for me, I think, I think that I, I appreciate this sense that though the world is not an equitable place, uh, our sense of Jesus, and I use a borrowed term, preference mm-hmm. for the poor, um, it seems pretty clear that, that Jesus had a sense that the, the poor needed special care and needed to lift each other up, and needed to be lifted up out of their station um, where possible. And I, I feel like that has become synonymous with like a dirty word now um, in modern discourse, certainly in modern political discourse. And I don't, I don't think it has to be an either or. I feel like in faith you can you can focus on mm-hmm. personal piety, and you can focus on social issues and social justice. I know there are those that want to divide us and say they're mutually exclusive, but I, in my experience, the most committed and active Christians in church always have a, a sense that social does not equal right. evil or bad. It's simply the fabric of how we're knit together. And, and I just love his 
in, especially in Christianity and the social crisis, and I think I kept saying Jesus in the social gospel, so forgive me for misquoting even the title <laughs> of an important book, but in, in this book in particular, he's, he just keeps hammering home that from the prophets through the, mm. all the way through the New Testament, if, if you don't ha- understand the sense of, intera- of, of relationship and, and how God built us to, to care for each other, you've right. missed the core message. And for me, that's that's very much the case. Now, how you activate on that, you know, I, people will give you the old teach a man, right. give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him to fish, and he eats for a week. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have all the what's and why for's, but right. I'm still inspired and, by the and I theology. I think it's important to emphasize that, you know, first, a personal piety should drive one to be worried about their neighbors. Um, if if you are if you have a personal piety mm-hmm. but still live in in a gilded castle and not pay attention to anyone else around you, then your um, connection your relationship with Jesus is hollow and empty. Um, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I could say that more right. nicely. No, why bother? You At could, this point, I've offended won't. so many people. I'll just keep doing it. I mean, all the, the- theology. But he uh. was. I mean, so that's part of it. Uh, but I think part of his gospel is not saying, just go out there and make sure you have soup kitchens and make sure you're, you know, trying to offer some help to individuals. Systemic change was a part of his gospel. Uh, and, and part of what he did was he was mm-hmm. naming systemic evils in the world. Um, capitalism. Very much He was so. not a fan of yeah. that. Just greed in general. Militarism. Definitely not. Um, against, against that. Um, I would say many of the, I would hope, um, that many of the isms that we see today as well, he would be against that. Um, I look at the witness of his grandson, Paul Rauschenbusch, who has, I think, has, de- has yeah. devoted himself to carrying on his grandfather's legacy. And um, if that's any indication of who Walter Rauschenbusch was, then certainly he would be on the side of justice, on the side of like Black Lives Matter, on the side of gay rights. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I share? Can yeah. I share bold statements? But I agree. Can I share just a brief Please, passage yeah. from Christianity in the Social Crisis? He's talking about the human condition at the time that he's writing, and if you don't find parallels or touchstones, you you probably have your head too deeply in the sand. He wrote, he wrote, the human animal needs space, air, and light, just like any other highly developed organism. But the competitive necessities of industry crowd the people together in the cities. Land speculation and high car fares hem them in even where the location of our cities permits easy expansion. High rents mean small rooms. Dear coal means lack of ventilation in winter. Coal smoke means susceptibility to all throat and lung diseases. The tenement districts of our great cities are miasmatic swamps of bad air, And just as swamps teem with fungus growths as the bacilli of tuberculosis multiply on the rotting lungs of the underfed and densely housed multitudes. So he's he's creating a picture of such bleakness that Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of it's kind of a straw man argument. Like if if this is if this is bad, why aren't we doing anything? Kind of thing. But but he's also doing it with. I don't want to say a sense mm-hmm. of, certainly a sense of drama, um, in a way that, that focuses on the plight of those who are suffering rather than celebrating the right. power of those who are succeeding. And I think throughout history, in media and in, and in other avenues, 
we, we tend to mm-hmm. focus on the success cases. And, and if you're a student of capitalism, you know that the 1% will always be the 1% right. because that's how that system works. Those who are willing to sacrifice everything to give it all up for the dollar are probably the ones who are going to succeed. And when I say give it all up, I mean the privileges right. and, and needs of many of their workers. Um, so I, I don't, uh, there are no easy answers in, in this crisis that we experience right. today, have versus have not. But mm-hmm. certainly there's a vision that we've been here before and people have offered some solutions. And if you open Rauschenbusch and read, you, you might find some inspiration. Yeah. And even if it's, interpret. if I was to take a more, um, I mean, we've been leaning, if I was to take a different view than I usually do, it may be, how can we create more opportunities for people to better themselves? Which might lean more towards our Republican friends, sure. um, but that's part of a yeah. That's part of systemic change. That's but why fine. not? But why not? That's the dream of capitalism. That I'll be yeah. one of the ones that becomes part of the one percent. That's the only reason it still exists the way it does. That that ever present hope. Right. So why not do things that allow more people to get? To well, get there, it, there <coughs> it is. Racism. And that's a oh, big sorry. part of it. I, I, I think the thing for this is a different kind of uh, kitchen table spirituality. What we usually do, but I, I, I think the um, the thing for maybe our listeners to take away is well uh, you know what we're facing. The part of the crisis that we're in, um, involved in right now is not new. Um, it certainly is unique to this time. Um, but it is not new. And there are very smart individuals who have tried to wrestle with this crisis from a theological perspective in the past, Walter Rauschenbusch being one of those giants upon whose shoulders we stand. Uh, and, and we need yeah. to look past ourselves and past those individual acts of generosity, as good as those are, and ask, what's going on Top, you know, mm-hmm. systemically, how is how is our society breaking or broken, and yeah. and how are we holding the kingdom of God back? I think, yeah, sure. Now let's mm. also honor the part of Russian Bush that's hard for some people because right. it does include the word social in the title, and he was, you know, I don't know. If you could even call his doctrine socialism, he he subscribed to more of a mm. the the kind of and correct me if I misspeak, but kind yeah. of those that have should be sharing yeah. more with those that don't. <laughs> so not not communism either. He didn't want to obliterate the fact that some people were better at earning than others, but but he did want to see mm-hmm. um, more equity in the distribution, and so that's challenging for some people. And, and some people do right. have a ton and, and pledge to give it all away. So let's, let's not for a second, I, I, I remind people this all the time, uh, just as I said, Jesus doesn't want you to be a kajillionaire, right. yeah. I, I don't believe Jesus wanted anybody to be poor. But for, the, for those with the least to have a little more, is it possible that those with the most might be able to do with slightly less? Is that a way forward, or, or is that just... Again, are we back to heresy? Um, and and mm-hmm. if you know if you're not wrestling with this in your prayer life, I think you're you're missing out on an opportunity to really engage with, you know, it, if if God was the genesis of it all and gave 
rise to the system where we keep mm-hmm. reproducing and filling the earth and subduing it, sometimes harshly. Um, how do we do that together, and how do we maintain what right. we have and what needs to change in order for us to do it better? And for me, reading Rauschenbusch, he points me to scriptures that make me wrestle with this. Yeah. And, and I, just, I, would, I would say I, not being, he's not a socialist. He's someone that takes the social implications of Christianity seriously and to their logical conclusion. That, that's a perfectly fair characterization. I, I agree. And that's part of that. that the, I mean, this is something right that happens in politics when politics and religion get intertwined. We, we try to um, pigeonhole um, people's faith into political movements, uh, so it, which, which is damaging and um, false. Yeah. You are so much more than your politics. Whoever you are listening to this right now, you are so much more than your politics. You are not defined sure. by that. It is part of you. It is a, a, a fraction of your definition, right. but that's not who you yeah. are. You are so much more than that, and God knows it, and we we know it. Yeah, let's mention um, it again. Do we I, want to mention? Yeah, I think I, I'm, the book I th- that inspires us, Dennis L. Johnson's book "To Live in God: Daily Reflections" with Walter Rauschenbusch. I mean, it's it's just a right. It's the, it's a great first step if you want to know more about Rauschenbusch and this stuff interests you. I think Dennis owes us a lunch for the amount of times we plugged his book. <laughs> Hey, I'll buy him lunch for writing this book. You, it's fantastic. You know it, I'm reading it every day. Charlie, after the COVID time is over, we could talk to him and see if he'd uh, be happy to do a New England <gasps> tour. Really? Could we really? Yeah. Wow. He's That'd a, be fun. He's a lovely individual. He serves on the historical board, uh, the board of the Historical Society with me. We will not hold that against him. <laughs> well, and it, no, is, seriously. it is the American Baptist... I can't, I'd, I'd love to make And him, I will so. tell you, at Great. the American Baptist Historical Society, we have... Um, all of Rauschenbusch's writings and all of the personal correspondence he had with individuals, and we've made those Just letters. Just when you thought in, there um, wouldn't available. be a reason to visit the American Baptist Historical Society, now you have it's in Atlanta, at least one. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. Hotlanta. Uh, yep. <laughs> let me let Atlanta. me know. It's I'll a, set up a tour for you. It's an amazing city. It's fun. Yeah, and we could visit Matt Laney. He's down there. Oh, good, Matt. Yep. Um, all right. Are we ready to move towards prayer? Yeah, I feel like we yeah. are. Folks, look up Rauschenbusch. He's fun. Please do. Look up his grandson, R-A-U-S-C-H-E-N-B-U-S-C-H. Paul. R-A-U-S-C-H-E-N-B-U-S-C-H. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you spell it right, because I know I spelled, I misspelled it when I was texting Charlie last night. Honestly, if you get, if you, um, if, if you just get most of those letters into Google, it'll spit yeah. out. Did you mean Walter Rauschenbusch? Thank you. All right. So do we have one more Rauschenbusch prayer for... Uh, for this, this a capstone of this session? Um, we most certainly do. All right. So let's do one more Charlie sandwich. <laughs> I yeah, love it. it's tasty. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for Walter Rauschenbusch. Thank you for his urgency, for his ministry, for his life. We're sorry that it was cut so short, but God help us to continue to dig in to his writings and to seek to understand better uh, your will. Um, God, give us a sense of joy when we turn to theologians, um, rather than just relying on Scripture. We know Scripture is sufficient, but when we walk with theologians, we, we can discover things about Scripture that we just can't approach on our own, and so it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. So thank you for them all, but certainly today for Walter Rauschenbusch. God, help us to hear the lessons that Rauschenbusch and others have 
offer to us lessons that are steeped in the gospel, lessons that remind us that it is not okay for some to be poor and some to be rich, but all need to be valued and loved in your kingdom. Help us to see not only the individual pains and hurts, but the ways in which the systemic evils of our society, of our world, hold and hurt others down. We pray that your kingdom come. May we be active participants in the coming of your kingdom. And finally, from Walter Rauschenbusch, Into thy keeping we commit our friends and pray that we may never lose their love by losing thee. Amen. Amen. That's well. That's a really nice uh, funeral or memorial service prayer. Oh my! See, it's the to live yeah. in God. This book is the he's gift. A, that keeps he's a pastor of pastors. Yeah, indeed, that's right. Yeah, that's again. I, I made the analogy that Big Star. Anyone who heard Big Star started mm. a band, um, all ten of them. <laughs> but uh, ever seems like most people that come in contact with Russian Bush are uh, are yeah. inspired inspired either into a, a full-time ministry or some deeper level of their own ministry. In Can their I make lives. one more shout out, not to Rauschenbusch, but to um, a mentor of mine recently passed away. Uh, so the oh. Reverend Irv Cummings, uh, when, when I was at mm. seminary, he was the pastor at Old Cambridge Baptist Church, uh, and I was a student there for two years. And he was a tremendous mentor for for me in my my writing and my ministry. He preached my ordination sermon. Yeah, I didn't know that. So he was a for me really a significant individual, and I want to just lift up his memory and thank God for who he was for not just me but for so many, um, and just the witness of ministry that that he carried. I had no idea that he yeah had heard passed. Was that I think very so. Recent? Yeah. Hmm. I want to say, is it possible that I, I I was part of a group that went to see the um, the Passion of the Christ in Cambridge oh, wow. with a professor? And I want that, to say that's, that's possible. It's very likely. Yeah, I think he was. I think I went to see the Passion of the Christ mm. with him. Right, not with was, him, but they, they yeah. were there at the same time. Wow. All right. Well, peace to you as you as you mourn the Thanks. loss of a dear friend and to all whose yeah. lives were touched. Hello, everyone. Yeah, let's continue to lift up each other in prayers and, you know, be well to each other and be good to yourself. Please do. Bye.